Self-Discovery Radio, the discovery of self is but a show away. With over 1,800 shows and growing, we bring you those liberating stories that help you on your own life's journey from every single topic you can think of. The only common denominator is authenticity and being in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new e-book, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Vibrations Roundtable. I have a treat for you today. Two people I've interviewed before who have truly are an inspiration, and I constantly refer to other shows. I have Keshi, I'm not going to pronounce your name, my darling, because I know I'm not going to do it justice, and I have Bobby <laughs> Henline. Um, these are two people that have certainly been through the mill in life, uh, most certainly have had challenges more than probably great deal many of us have ever or ever will go through life they're both burned victims through different uh, things happening to them and they're going to share the story with you in a moment but they truly are an inspiration because despite near-death experiences despite the pain and the struggle that they've had to go through in life they have followed their dreams um Keshi is a beautiful singer that is on America's Got Talent right now. Yay, I'm rooting for her. <laughs> and uh, Bobby has become a comedian and he, you know, talks about running his fingers through his hair, haha. And he manages <laughs> to kind of uplift vets and show people that it doesn't matter what happens to you in life, it's what you do with life after what's happened mm -hmm. to you. So they are both such an inspiration. They've got beautiful spirits. Uh, we're certainly going to raise yours today. I'm just going to show you that no matter what life deals you, you are going to be able to overcome it. So welcome to the show, Keshi, and welcome, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's wonderful having you here again. Um, as I said, you both get referred to a great deal because when you look at people having extreme challenges and you wonder, could I do it? Could I live through that? Would I give up? And uh, when you look at what both of you have been through and the fact that you didn't give up, which I am sure there are many times that you thought, you know, I'm going to, uh, but the fact that you didn't and you still pursued dreams and you still pursued living a life with joy and dignity is truly an inspiration. But I'm going to let you tell the audience, each one of you, your journey, um, what happened to you uh, before we kind of get in how you kept your dreams alive. So, Keshi, I'm going to start with you. If you tell people a little of your story, please, love. Okay, no problem. Um, so my name is Kechi. I'm 27 years old. Right now I live in Houston, but I'm originally from Nigeria. Um, while I was back in Nigeria, when I was a teenager, I was in high school, boarding school, and I was heading home for the Christmas holidays um, with 60 other students from my school who lived in the same area that I did. And because our school was so far away from our home, we had to fly there usually back and forth for school and, and back home. So this was December 10th, 2005. And um, we were headed home after, you know, the semester was over and we we're heading home for Christmas holidays. So um, we got to the airport and boarded a plane, regular commercial plane. It was myself, 60 other students from my school and other passengers, all total of 109 people on the plane, including the flight crew. So um, it was a normal flight for a while. Everyone was just, you know, flying. Everything was just normal. There was nothing going on in the plane. Everything was uneventful for quite a bit. And then about 20 minutes into 
the towards the landing, that was when the pilot made the announcement that we would be starting our descent into the airport. And that was when things started to get really shaky and weird. The turbulence was kind of over the top and people started panicking. And I was just in this state of shock at what was going on. I was just kind of in awe because I couldn't really believe that this was my reality right now. So um one of my closest friends was on the aisle seat right next to me. And so we held hands and I remember her looking really afraid and she was like, what do we do? What do we do? And I remember saying something, well, maybe we should pray, but it was kind of like just an automatic response. And, um, I don't really remember ever, ever actually getting to pray because the next thing I recall is this really weird, loud metal scraping sound. And then I probably blacked out or something because, um, next thing I knew I was waking up in a hospital five weeks later in South Africa. Mm. So that was pretty much what happened. And of course, the, there were 109 people on the plane, only two survivors, one walked away. And of course, you got 65 burns a percent of your body, right? Correct. So that's the start of your journey. Bobby, would you like to share your journey? Yeah, my little journey started off in Iraq. I did four tours in the U.S. Army uh, to Iraq. And during my full tour, my Humvee was blown up by a roadside bomb. It killed the other four men in the Humvee. It left me 38% of my body burnt. My head was burnt to the skull. The doctor said there was no medical explanation while I was alive. And uh, I had survival guilt, which I'm sure Keshe has experienced somewhat. Um, you you kind of wonder why you're alive. You don't understand. Um, it's hard. But I've, I've been able to get through it because i got to put myself in the shoes, so to speak, of the ones that didn't make it. And what would they want from me? Mm-hmm. You know, they'd want me to live my life to the fullest, just like I'd want them. If I was the one that didn't make it, I'd want whoever did survive to keep living and do chase their dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what happened to me and got me to do what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned uh, earlier, we just kind of do an introduction, how going through something like this and showing that you can do this, you know, even after being at the brink of death and suffering so much. Mm-hmm. And I think I, people say that all the time. Um, you know, I can be as strong as you. If you would have told me before that this is what I was going to do, that I was going to have the strength to do this, I'd be like, you're crazy. Um, so I we don't know what we can do until we're tested. Right. So <laughs> I remember in our interview, Keshi, you know, I was saying, did you have survival guilt? And you said, no, because you were given the gift of life and you're going to live it. And, you know, it was one mm-hmm. of those profound statements that stayed with me. And it's that we mm-hmm. don't know why we're chosen to go through these things, right? And all That's I can true. see is that if we are, it has to be because, you know, there's, there's an inspiration that, you know, your journey becomes an inspiration for other people to show mm-hmm. them what they're capable of going through. But mm-hmm. clearly and obviously, I mean, you've had a hundred operations, Keshe. How many operations have you had, Bobby? Uh, I'll see. I only had 47. Right. <laughs> only 47, right? Most only. people are traumatized oh having one, you know? <laughs> only. Um, really? Uh, and, you know, I mean, that alone, I mean, can take its toll out of you. And in, and nobody's painting a picture of here that you're all kind of kumbaya and, you know, everything is fine. You've certainly Mm-mm. gone through your struggles mm-hmm. and you certainly would have gone through dark times of like, why? You know, why why continue living because of the pain and the struggle that you mm-hmm. go through? Mm-hmm. So I know for you, Keshi, because you're on America's Got Talent right now, yay, singing beautifully and I can't help <laughs> you to go further. Um, Thank you. That, uh, you know, you said that it was singing that kind of gave you 
you know, the the inspiration to carry on. Um, mm-hmm. Did you just kind of sing from your hospital bed? Were you, did you listen to music? <laughs> did you sing along? What was it? Mm-hmm. How? Um, well, music was quite simply my escape. You know, um, first and foremost, you know, it was it was always a big part of my life growing up. I grew up in a very musical household. My father's um, music taste influenced mine in a great deal from a very young age. And then my mother's side of the family um, is very, like a lot of people love to sing and have beautiful voices. So I grew up, you know, doing that a lot with my family, you know. So that was kind of like my, my um, childhood, really. So I grew up like that with this pure love for music that just kind of naturally developed. And when I became a teenager, um, I realized that I also love to sing and not just love music. But at the time, my voice was just okay. It was still developing. It was just a little bit above average. Nothing, nothing really special. Just, just someone who could sing okay, you know. But I really loved it and I did it a lot, you know, for my friends and for my family. Um, but nothing, you know, outside of my bedroom really, you know, mm-hmm. just singing to myself. Yeah. In my mirror or something. But, um, after the accident happened, Music um, was kind of a, a really big part of my healing process, my journey, really, my recovery. It kind of was um, what helped me to stay sane and helped me escape and distracted me from from um, a lot of the things that were going on in my life. And, you know, my mom, you know, who knew how much music meant to me and my cousins, everyone, she made, made it... Um, it was important to her for, for me to have, like, music next to me, you know, while I was there in the in the ICU. And um, she had it from the beginning. I remember being in a coma and hearing songs that I loved playing and hearing new songs that I knew after I woke up, even though I had never heard them before. Mm. And that was what was going on in my subconscious. I could up on all these things and they calmed me down and they lifted me up, you know. And and um, it's just been that way since, you know. After I got to America, it was the same thing. My dad bought me a karaoke machine because he knew I loved to sing and I love music. And I did, it, I did it every day. I use it every single day. I still do. And... Um, in the hospital in, in here in America, there was a music department, so I was part of the music therapy that they had. And um, so after I had physiotherapy, I would go to the music th- the music department and do my music therapy. It was just a just it was just a release and a beautiful way for me to just escape my like what was going on and, and not, not just escape really. Escape was really what was going on in the beginning, towards the end where I was recuperating and doing all the surgeries. That was more of a just a distraction, you know, a kind of a way to kind of cope, a coping mechanism, really. Yeah. That was what music became. And then after the accident, my voice got better somehow. So I loved singing even more. I don't know what happened, you know. So God, I just, God I saw that. As, like, <laughs> I mean, I just saw it as, I just took it as a win. and just mm-hmm. was like, oh my God, like, this is so wonderful. Something I love doing and now I'm better at it. So mm-hmm. I just did it all the time. Still in my room and stuff, still by myself, still with my family <laughs> and my friends. But um, just... Even more so, even more so, 24 hours a day. I mean, anyone that knows me. So um, this whole America's Got Talent thing is truly a miracle, like a path that I never, ever expected. And for me to be able to sing, do what I love in front of people, other people like strangers, you know, and mm-hmm. hear what they think, it's it's just been a miracle. And just I'm just so grateful every day to God for the opportunity. So 
Yeah, I mean, kind of when something's taken away, something else is given, right? And, you know, I've, for me, you know, music, I suffer from depression. I'm, when I get that, music is the thing that brings me back. It feeds the soul. It feeds the mm. heart. It feeds it's the amazing. spirit. So but, true. Um, Bobby, for you, you know, you, you're now a comedian, you know, and, and obviously with the Bravo 748 platform, you know, they're helping other vets. But, I mean, was a comedian always something that was there? Uh, or was mm-hmm. this something that materialized, you know, after... After this um, journey you took, you know I I I love singing too. Unfortunately, no one loves hearing me sing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've always was been the class clown and um, just used my sense of humor to get through everything. So mm-hmm. again, just like uh, Keshi was doing, I was doing what I like to do. It helped me deal with all the things that were going on. It also let my family know I was okay and the staff. Yeah. This is kind of how we dealt with stuff and. Ter- Turns, I got talked into, you know, doing stand-up comedy for my occupational therapist because I was joking around all the time. I didn't expect this. There's no way. I didn't think I'd to do that. <laughs> That's cool. And then, Keshi, I heard one of your, uh, first of all, that when you sung Ed Sheeran, oh my God. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> yeah. um, especially when your legs don't work. I mean, to go along your story and, the, you know, those are the first lines of the song. Yeah, yeah. Used to, I'm like, oh my God. I love that song. And watching Me you too. Oh, thank you so much. Uh. Yeah. A very appropriate song for you to sing, you know, introducing yourself to the world. You, know, because, um, you said go to Baltimore and work with Dr. Spence. I'm guessing this is Robert Spence. Yes, Dr. Robert Spence. Yeah. Did you work with him too? Worked on my eyelids also. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he came out to Broke Army Medical here in San Antonio and started working with the troops and stuff. That's, um, oh, my God. That's so cool. That's so amazing. Yes, uh-huh. like, no way. <laughs> well, when you've got oh, that person that really cares, wow. right? When you have a doctor that really, really mm-hmm. does care, you know, it's um, that of course there aren't any boundaries of where they go, and you know, I think that's yes. extremely important. Is that you know the care that you have while you're going through this, because you have to have got to go through some dark times, clearly some painful times. You know, how do you, you know, kind of override that? But if you don't have the right people around you. You know, nursing you, the doctors, even, you know, family support, friends support. Yeah, you need that around you, don't you? And it's not, you don't want a pity fest. You want somebody no. there, that, as you said, plugged in your headphones while you're in a coma, you know, <laughs> feeding you what you love. And that's, that's the thing is a lot of the times family becomes very crippled by what happens mm. to their loved ones and they don't know how to cope with it. And mm-hmm. really all you just need is someone to be there and be supportive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No violence. Just give the support. <laughs> well, exactly. You no, know, I heard Keshi talking about in her interview too, and the same thing for me as a family. When one family member has to stop a job to help the other person, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, you yeah. know, my sister, my ex-wife, they all jumped in, and wow. family came to help them rotate through all that. You know, six months inpatient in the hospital is is a lot on the family members. Yeah, it mm-hmm. takes a team. Mm-hmm. So sure. for Keshi, you you had to leave your country because they were not equipped to deal with mm-hmm. you on such a thing. Exactly. So you had to leave everything you knew and mm-hmm. uh, and your mum came with you, right? Mm-hmm. My mom, my my entire my my um my nuclear like my immediate family came with me. My mom, my sister, my dad, like we all just had to everyone had to just uproot their entire lives, what what they knew what they were in, in the middle of to come with me to America. But that was later on. In in South Africa, my mom literally just left, abandoned everything, came with me to South Africa. That was the first place that we went to for emergency treatment. And she literally just left everything alone. She left everything behind. And um, she didn't see that she had a choice. And she just, it wasn't anything to her. She just did it because she felt like that was just what had to be done. 
And, um, As a mother, I completely concur. <laughs> it's just, it was just like, just what, it just had to be done. That was it, for, that was it for her, yeah. So, but then after that, you know, it was, coming to America, that was, um, a whole up, uprooting, like that was a whole different lifestyle, like everything changed from there. My sister, my mom, my dad, we just had to consider, you know, living a whole different kind of life in a whole different place all across the Atlantic. And it was not easy for any of us, for sure. But it was like in their, in everyone's minds, it was just what had to be done for me to get better, for my life to become normal again. I couldn't do these things alone. And I mean, there's no, I'll never be able to repay them for that. I'll never be able to, um, it just, it's not, I'm gonna have to spend the rest of my life just, you know, repaying them. It's not something I can well, never you, do and you finish. You repay so. them by living your life to the full. Exactly. And being the inspiration that you and are. And being grateful. Because, you know, you, you now have become their strength and their courage. You know, by seeing what you've gone through, you mm. know, it, you know, they, they know that within them there is that strength there. And yes, it's very hard on families because mm. they say they're completely uproot. I know that with you, Bobby, you know, your wife was there for a while, but eventually, you know, it just became too much. And, where you know you're going through it and that's you know hard enough but the family members you know get torn apart or friends that can't cope with it you know it's mm-hmm. it's a it's beyond you isn't it and it's an extended response for people so um how did you deal with it probably i'm going to start with you on that because mm-hmm. i know that you know you had a huge transition on that how did you deal with yeah. it yeah my big part with the family um was great i mean she was amazing she was there she got me through all stuff uh, the Physical burns and, and healing that way. She was there all the way. Um, where we had more trouble was more with the PTSD and me sheltering and me pushing my family away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, and I used again. I was doing my comedy and speaking and sharing my story and trying to help some of the others. That I kind of that was my escape to get away and be by myself. And um, you know, unfortunately, helping others like that caused ripples in my family. But they understand, and you know, my ex and I get along great now today. But it's something that takes a toll in a relationship like that when one becomes a caregiver because you lose some intimacy there of that couple. Yeah. And mm-hmm. get back, and especially when you're married to a crazy guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> Who was crazy before any of this happened, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's an amazing quote the other day. It's Mark Twain one. You know, the best two days of your life are the day you're born and when you figure out why. Mm-hmm. Going through something like this, uh, I think we find out why. Yeah, we're um, able to help so many. I know, you know, my story with with the comedy, helping people laugh and and just see life differently and put it in another perspective for them. The same with Keshi. I, I saw how your, you know, obviously your voice is that gift, but I think that's also a great platform for what you're trying to do, yeah. uh, changing the laws back home. You know, the emergency responses and protocol mm-hmm. flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think that's amazing what you're doing. And I, I'm glad to be on here with you and, and hearing your story and talking okay. to you live. It's a privilege. Uh, likewise. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm the lucky one here. Uh, <laughs> and so are our audience that are listening to you both because, um, you know, as I said, I, I refer to both of you a lot in shows when we're talking about courage and strength and, you know, little things like what you said, you know, I was given the gift of life, I'm going to live it. But you also made a reference about, you know, the walking, you know, and your feet not being able to walk so much. And mm-hmm. There's so much in life that we take for granted. And we forget that, you know, other people, you know, get that taken away from them. They're unable mm-hmm. to just go and do things that we mm-hmm. go and do. And so, yep. you know, these are your obstacles. So you have to find different ways of doing things. 
And uh, I'm sure you get a lot of people saying, well, just override it, overcome it. <laughs> we, you know, like there's an ex- there's a limit. You don't know how positive you are or, mm. you know, or how much you push yourself forward. You're going to have limitations because mm. of, of your body burns. And, and there is never any failure in that. It's just an acceptance. I can do this, but that's my limit. And yeah, I think you not, you understand that, but it's making other people understand it, Bobby. Yeah, I think uh, you know, when it comes to the safety issues, a lot of people will, even if you have all your limbs, people don't realize with the burns, you're not sweating mm. out of those glass. Yep. So pretty much a reptile where you got to hide in the shade and you call, you got to be careful. Yep. To control yep. your temperature. Yep, yep, and A lot yep. of people don't yep. realize that. They don't, they don't mm-hmm. get that, so... You'll have you be outside. You're like, I gotta go in. They're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like when you um spend so much. Uh, I mean, if you're like me, I spend a lot of time just. I'm not on purpose. It's just how I am. I just I like to make sure that people are comfortable around me and know that you know I'm okay. You know, there's certain things I can do and I will do them and I won't complain and things like that. I want. I try my best to be as normal as I can be. So right. when I do that, um successfully it kind of is a double-edged sword because some people forget that you know there are still some things i can't do yeah. so they're sometimes taking by surprise when i'm like oh no i can't do that or i can't do this or i can't go there or i can't be here for too long and it's like why why not i'm like um i actually do have like you know different skin you know it's like yeah. oh yeah so sometimes i mean most of the time i'm actually happy because it makes me realize that I've succeeded. Like they do, just see me as like normal. Like yeah. they do, you know. I'm really happy. Yeah, you, I'm sure you understand what exactly what I mean, Robert. Because that's pretty much like get the the sign that they they are actually treating you normally. And it's always really nice when you can get that with like friends and family. But at the same time, you don't want you don't really want them to stop. You know, like to forget that. That, yeah. you know, sometimes you might need some slack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I'm holding something in one hand and, you know, I don't have the other hand. And they'll go, oh, here, hold this for me. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, because they totally forget. Yeah, because they totally forget. Yeah, yeah. So true. Yeah. But, but then I, I love surprising that... people when they think I can't do something. And then I pick up the golf club and hit it, you know, 250 yards with oh, one wow. hand. Right. Cool. Yeah. 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 Putting them to shame all of a sudden they got to pick up their game. <laughs> yeah. Like go hold back. <laughs> right. Um I think as you said it's it's really kind of wonderful that people don't see the exterior anymore. And I think you know the beautiful thing about both of you is that um, through your journey and and it'll probably a great deal to do with your personality before this even happened, but you know since uh, this has happened to you the what you've had to find within yourselves um, initially, of course, people see the exterior, but because both of you are such a beacon of light, and you truly are, immediately your inner beauty comes out, and I think that's when people forget any of the exterior. Um, obviously, initially, kind of inquiring what happened, etc. But I think it's a really wonderful example, both of you, of the fact that it doesn't matter what our exterior is; it's the interior of ourselves, the inner light, the inner beauty. That really is what we look for in each other. And, uh, you know, both of you are, are that beacon of light for people. So it's beautiful to see people accepting that and just not getting caught up mm. in, because, yeah. you know, it has I been a world that's very much caught up in just the exterior. When you're like us and you have disabling good looks, as I like to call them. Was this Mr. Pinup with his, what, <laughs> eight pack app, you know? <laughs> I had to eat a lot of chicken. Um, and salad for that. 
Mm-hmm. But I've given up. I'm going straight to pizza. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about this. As I'm going down to seven. <laughs> see ourselves. We see ourselves. Like I know when I dream, I don't see the burns. I have the other hand. So mm-hmm. all that stuff is there. So in my mm-hmm. head, that's me. And so I think when someone is like us and they become themselves, everybody else can see that also. Mm-hmm. They just got to let it out there and not hide from it. Right. Right. Um, I was saying to Keshi before you came on, Bobby, about you know how America's Got Talent and other shows like that have completely changed in the last few years. You know, we're seeing people dancing with the stars with no limbs or being completely mm. deaf. And, you know, on America's Got Talent, you have the other girl who's deaf and sings through the vibration yeah. of the floor. Yeah. The other guy who was blind and who now has got eyesight. And I think what we're seeing is this big word, disability. It's just, it's not disabled. It just means you are unable to do a few things. But then, just like your voice improved after this uh, happened, Keshi, you're gifted in other areas. And mm. if people could not look at what the floor is and look at what the beauty c- comes out of it, you know, mm. we see things differently. A few years ago, this just wouldn't, you wouldn't have even got on. Now, mm. we're seeing this Definitely celebrated. Not. We're seeing, you know, you are that shining example of what we can overcome. And uh, it's such a turn in the tide now that it's mm. wonderful to see. So that's the problem. I wasn't burnt enough. I gotta go finish it up so I get a <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go jump in a campfire so I can sing better. <laughs> oh dear. I can't wait to see up this image of tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I don't know if you saw I just put my song out yesterday. You did? Uh, on iTunes, I, I I can write. I wrote the song, my story, oh, and I wow. sing it. And it's called "Not a Day Goes By," and it's out on iTunes and all that stuff all over the world right now. Oh, wow! Wonderful. Well, it's going to be right here. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's called "Not Days Go By." My friend Isaac Lord sung it. Young boy, young, I say young man, twenty four years old, twenty five. <laughs> um, he he sung it for me for the demo. I had you no know, other friends helping with the lyrics, structure. And the yeah, melody, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just, uh, it's basically my story, drills that we go through, and all the proceeds from it will go to help, uh, veteran suicide prevention. Excellent. Wow. Excellent. That's amazing. Uh, of course, I've got a little epiphany here. I'm seeing a duet between the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What an inspiration you both will be. That would be awesome. <laughs> we need another, we didn't start the fire. It was <laughs> we didn't start inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the fire that's within you that we want to see. Those kind of things, right? So, um, yeah. you know, keeping that dream alive. Uh, did both of you go through the naysayers of, no, you can't? Your life is now different. You can't do this and you can't do that. Did you have those people out there that, um, that kept saying no to you, Keshi? No, um, hmm. I don't believe I really had that kind of thing around me. I mean, that's actually something that I've never really thought about. No, I haven't, thank God, I haven't had anyone around me who has, um, kind of been, um, this pessimistic voice and someone telling me. I mean, the, the most I've had is maybe just myself, really. Mm -hmm. Um, just this, you know, sometimes I, I try to do something and I want to do something and I have, I'm literally, you know, fighting with myself, my inner voice, two different things telling me two different things, you know, one way I think I can do it, the other is like giving me all these doubts and all these reasons why these things can happen, you know, but I haven't, I mean, most of the time people in my life have been 
so incredibly encouraging and I mean that in like the most like the honest way like people are like I've found even that um people are even like more like um kind and, and um I guess encouraging and supportive than I ever really thought they would be and that's just been really my experience throughout this whole thing and I know that's not like something that is necessarily normal and how it is for everyone else I just think that I've just been really privileged and so lucky to have met people who are mostly just trying to encourage me and try to let me know that I can do what I want to do and and you know my family especially like my mom these are people who don't really forces me to do anything or tells me what I can do or what I can't do it's just when I come up with something that I want to do they just kind of just fall into line and just support me yeah. with that right. yeah so it's kind of like it's kind of like that with my family and then my closest friends are my sounding board and you know I have people who are like very practical you know if I want to do this okay so how are you going to do this and then there's people who are you know um just like encouraging like cheerleaders like yeah yeah, yeah go ahead do your thing yeah so I mean it's pretty much been like that for the last 12 years, really. Like, I haven't met any, yeah, I mean, and then it's not like, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of negative people out there, for sure. Mm. I just haven't encountered them yet, and That's a blessing. I don't ever want to, yeah, because yeah. well, I'm sure actually, it's, yeah. And actually, on America's Got Talent, there were a whole lot of people cheering at you in the audience. Yes, uh, you know, I mean, that was a great example, mm -hmm. exactly, because I was scared as hell going up there. I was <laughs> Very nervous. Very intimidating facing Simon I was Cowell, so huh? nervous. I mean... <laughs> I think I think when people see what we've already been through and we have an idea to do something, I, who am I to tell you you're not going to be able to do that? That's <laughs> right, a I would have told you you couldn't live after that. Um, exactly, because no one actually wants to be the one to say that. They like if you if they feel like you want to do this, it's like oh my god, you've already gone through all this. I can see it already on you. Um, you know, go ahead and do your thing. Try what you can. I'm not going to be the one to tell you no. That kind of yeah, thing. I've had, so you know. You know it's been kind of the same thing where people I think are a little more encouraging and stuff like that and they're like let's see you could do it and there are some things I think of like running a 5k in all these states where my friends go listen you need more time to plan this I'm like, yeah exactly. and I just want to do it and then I can relax <laughs> let the professionals really do that part and do the mm -hmm, marketing mm -hmm. uh, and set back with that only a couple things in, in entertainment because I think people are having a hard time with what I'm doing um, making fun of the way I look Making fun of what happened to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can totally understand that. I've, I've, and I've had a soap opera say for a script was written uh, for me that I was too injured. I've had that happen. Oh, really? Wow. And then America's Got Talents never give me a call back. I've tried out twice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a third lucky baby. There's a third time lucky. I don't, I don't know how he's worried about it. I have no germs. I've been boiled. It's, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're ready for you now, most definitely. Um, no, I, I, I can see, I can see there are some people that just don't know when they, when you come on, and especially like when you came on, Kesha, you sang and and everybody, you know, the beautiful voice and obviously see the inner beauty. Of course, you're coming on and making fun of yourself, uh, Bobby. And I suppose for some people. They just feel a little uncomfortable because they don't know, should I laugh? Yes, right. I can relate to that I, for sure. Right? <laughs> and this is not just like with strangers, like, my fa I mean, I can't even, I, I can't say certain things in front of my family. I mean, it's, I just, I, every once in a while I realize that, you know, this is still kind of very touchy for them. And, um, you know, I, a lot of times I think that maybe people have been able to move on and just be, and accept how I am and how I look the way that I have, you know, because I'm pretty much set and I'm fine, you know. But then that's not how it is 
Yeah. For that's not how it is for everyone, and I right. forget that sometimes. So I make certain jokes that may be a little too dark or something, and <laughs> it doesn't really fall right on people, and they're just like, "Not too soon, catchy, no too soon." And I'm like, "Okay, my bad," you know. So like, I get like things like that sometimes. Like I have people who are kind of like on the same wavelength as me, like some friends who they don't actually joke about it, but when I do, they know I'm joking and they just laugh. Like they're they're okay, they're where I'm at. But I have family that still cannot, like, you know, go to certain places. So mm-hmm. I still find myself having to um, kind of just be aware of the fact that, you know, some people are still adjusting, you know. Yeah. And some people might never, ever, you know, be where I'm at, you know, um, with this whole thing and how I look and how things have just changed. So I have to, you know, be mindful of that because I don't want them to be uncomfortable either, you know. They're, I've never been able to, I'm, I'll never be on the other side, you know, being the person that has to cope with their friends, their family member, their, their daughter, their sister, um, that yeah. changed so drastically, you know, and, and, you know, having to, you know, try, try and just be normal with them, you know, I don't know what that's, I never, I'm never going to know what that's like. And, you know, so I just, I appreciate, I have to kind of like try and put myself in their shoes sometimes to make sure that, you know, they, that, um, I don't know how to explain. Like, I don't want them to ever um, feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. around me because of the things that I say. Because I know that it's probably really hard for them to get over, you know, what happened. Right. You know, yeah. to cope well, with yeah, what happened. Yeah. Family. They're all military background, sick people. Mm-hmm. So it makes it easier. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I would imagine that with, with Bobby, because, you know, a lot of the time you're performing to people, as you said, that, you know, have gone through it. And only That's people true. that have truly gone through something, you know, whether whether it's a burn victim, whether it's losing limbs or, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the post-traumatic stress, you know, it, yeah. it's that um, you're using the comedy as a healing process to kind yes. of overcome the post-traumatic. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, people that are in that kind of, it's a release valve for them. Yes, for them, yeah. exactly, yes. Mm. And if you, you know, if I go to a comedy club, it's, it's a different crowd. Comedy yeah. club, they have a mind, they're ready for anything. Um, they're a little easier to break down. Mm. If I'm at a speaking engagement or a, a conference or something yeah, like that, yeah. or for wounded vets, I just can't go making fun. Even though I'm a wounded mm. vet, yeah. just go start making fun. They won't be able to laugh. They're there mm. to help. Mm-hmm, so, but mm-hmm. I learned when I share the story a little bit more and they get to find out who I am, how I got into comedy, and mm-hmm. then hit them with the comedy. They yeah. know me a little better now. So then that it's a transition for them. You've left the platform for them. Now it becomes an invitation. You know, it's okay for you to laugh with me. You know, mm. and I think I think they need that invitation sometimes, that permission, yeah. right? Yeah, that, that is because true. Because I think yeah. for some people it's like, am I laughing out of place, you know? Right. And sometimes you've got to break the ice, you know, with people and strangers in yep. uh, life. It's fun, uh, especially at a restaurant. <laughs> you know, whoever I'm with, if they're, you know, they order a steak, you know, how do you want that done? Oh, they like it well done, like they're men. And just, <laughs> okay, I'm sitting with them, I'm going to say the same thing every time, just to mess with people. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think what we're looking at is, is a world, as I said, that, you know, has kind of got to get over itself. You know, um, because of the the war, we are seeing so many more vets coming back with limbs gone or burn victims or this or that. But at the same time, it's the only time, I think, in history that we're seeing so many of um, our view stepping up on a platform to say, I may be a wounded vet, but I'm not over yet. And this is a new lease on life. This is a new direction in life. And do not treat me as a cripple. You know, yep. uh, you know, I, I've still got so much more to give. See that. Right. And there's so much thing, you know, with every war, medical technology gets better. And because of this war so long and a lot more burns in yeah. it, uh, burn survivors are surviving a lot easier now, um, you know, the higher rate. 
So there's going to be a lot more of us out there. And mm-hmm. then you got these veterans with this outgoing personality that can get out there and mm-hmm. do this stuff. Or, you know, like Keshi, get out there, you know, JR from Dance of Stars, Noah and all those guys. Um, if we get out there and we say, look, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge difference. So with medical yeah, yeah. technology, just getting out there and letting the world know everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Those things, it's just a blessing to be able to be part of all that. Yeah. 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 yeah I just think that, um, the world is just a really, um, I mean, it has been, it's a very, um, physical place. A lot of things people are, you know, and you can't help that because that's what people see first, you know, everyone right. kind of, you know, makes first impressions and, and make first judgments based on what they see and how you look mm-hmm. on the outside. And that's what the world really is, especially entertainment. You know, that's everything relies on your looks and how you look, how you present yourself, not just your, your body, but your face. And, you know, so when, when people, when that place is figured, you know, when that first, that um, first window into who someone is, is like so different from the norm, it already forms like a barrier. And people, some people just don't understand it, don't know how to get past it. Yes. that barrier and don't know how to get past that into who you really are and you know so they find themselves forced to you know definitely know who you are and know your personality and not just your physical because your physical is so scarred so I find that you know it's up to I mean at least for me I try to take that responsibility of you know making you understand who I am and you know just giving you a chance to understand me and know me you know after talking to me and make your own decision on who I am um, based on, you know, what's inside me because you definitely okay. cannot use my outside yeah. appearance to do that anymore. So I'll get you- a lot of people come to me and when I'm traveling, especially, um, you know, I might just be by myself eating because I'm traveling by myself. So I'm mm-hmm. eating and they want to come up to, Oh, can we pray for you? Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Wow. Because they assume that I must be mad or depressed. I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. Yeah. I get that, you know, the depression part too. You know, a lot of people expect you to like kind of be will be tied me kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm just sorry. I don't have yeah. eyebrows to show my excitement right now. <laughs> me too. I don't have eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think there's there's actually the, there's, there's something I want to bring into this is that um, Simon Cowell was on last night we're talking about America's Got Talent and they said to him kind of which performance in your career because he's been doing this a long time kind of changed yeah, yeah. you and and he was talking about um, I just lost her name um, the British woman that sang oh come on Keshi help me with it um, you know she was she was 47 and he looked. Susan Boyle. Susan Boyle, thank you. Oh, Susan Boyle, okay. And, uh, you know, when he came out, he had the whole facial expressions of God, you know, what are we going to listen here? And then that beautiful voice came out. Mm. And and it just radically changed um, how he looked at people because he used to tend to look at everybody being kind of the Barbie doll. And then all of a sudden he sees this angel coming out in this this rather, you know, troubled woman. And uh, and the gift that she was, and of course, since he's become a father, it's changed things. I was just going to say, becoming the father, I think, was a big thing for him too. Yes, I, th- I think it's changed him completely. A lot more um, humaneness coming out of him, and the way he sees mm. people now. And mm-hmm. you know that in itself, the the fact the way he sees things now becomes right. kind of permission for other people to you know let's exactly. look deeper. Let's exactly. Look deeper he has that person. influence. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's knows the business from the beginning, and that's what yes. it was. Business. You need a certain look, a certain yes. thing mm-hmm. about you. And mm-hmm. If you have all that together in one package, you weren't going to make it. 
Exactly. Voice, but if you don't have the look or the personality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're not going to make it. There's so many amazing voices out there. There's so, but, I mean, oh my God. So true. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he's definitely someone that has that influence for sure. So if he, it's deep. like, if he's okay with it, then it's like, yeah, everyone has permission to be okay with it too. Something like that. And of course, Howie is one that, you know, is celebrated for people who, you know, are facing challenges because, of course, he suffers, you know, from the OCD and he understands the depression and things like this. And for him, he's a great celebrator of anybody, you know, triumphing over their obstacles, um, which is really great to see. And this is what we need people in their position to be like you know we need them to do yes. this because yes. you know they they gain they give that permission or they show mm-hmm. that stop looking mm-hmm. at the exterior look at the interior listen mm-hmm. to the voice i mean that's yep. one of the reasons i love the the show the voice because it is yeah. about the voice it is about the person it's not about the exterior and i think you know this has changed completely the way we look at performers today mm-hmm. and that's uh, so true. we are as a nation hungry for more depth Hungry yes. for more meaning. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and uh, you know when, but it is people like yourselves that you know just show again that strength, that courage, that that uh, this is my dream. I'm not going to let anything get in my way. Um, you know that becomes that beautiful permission for other people. Like, well, you know, I've got a dream in me. What's holding me back? Correct. You know, why right. am I letting some societal's dictation? Hold me back. If it's something I love to do, why am I not letting why? it out? Right. We all need reminders here and there. We all got mm-hmm. stuff we're going through. We need to be reminded again. Mm-hmm. Life isn't that bad. And if we just, there's will, there's a way. And we can get that's through. Exactly. And that's very important, that will. And I, yeah, I, I can imagine both of you have times where that will is challenged. You know, I know that there was a posting you did at one time, Bobby, where you know having a bad day. Everybody does have them. And that doesn't mean you're falling to pieces. It just means you're in a bad space at that moment mm, mm-hmm. and right, uh, right. you know yeah, human too. beings go through that right so yeah. you know you're not gonna be any different with that I, somebody somebody just i was awesome when i wrote it down because i was looking at some of my uh stuff on instagram and, and somebody left a comment and they said if if you look back in your life and you don't see a single mistake or a scar you haven't lived exactly and I thought, oh my god that is so great and that's i scribbled it down real quick I'm like that is awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's true because, you know, you're wearing your scars exteriorly. Exactly. There mm-hmm. are so many people that are so wounded inside. Exactly. Right? exactly. And, you know, especially, if, I mean, Deal. you come across them, Bobby, so much with the vets, you know, uh, the post-traumatic, much of suicides all the time that are going on every day. And it's, it's you know, people know what you have and what clearly you've been through something and it's more exterior. But for the people that hide it within themselves, you know, there's still that stigma of post-traumatic stress there's still the stigma mm-hmm. of depression there's still that That's stigma true. of this and that mm-hmm. and we really need to let people know is that you are not defined by what you're going through Correct. but you know but the willingness to go through it and discover why you're going through it mm-hmm. is the journey of life that is life completely true so true um, you know, Bobby, you started along with uh, your friend, the Bravo 748, and you have some wonderful people on there doing some wonderful things. And some of them are musicians, comedians, or speakers, and all this, and, and just doing exceptional work like that. Um, do you have a network, uh, Keshi, you know, um, a part of association where you kind of speak to people, um, you know, other burn victims or a group that you go out and, oh, yeah. and speak? Oh, sure. I mean... Aside from, okay, so the network that I'm part of, the really big one, is the World's Burn Congress under the Phoenix Society. So they're like the, um, they're like a really big presence in, um, burns and burn survival 
and um, encouragement. In Dallas this year. Hmm? It's in Dallas this year. Yes, correct. Yeah, in October. And um, so um, I have attended a lot of them, except for the last two, for different circumstances. I couldn't make it to the other ones. But um, the um, from the beginning, like since I got here to America, since 2007, I have been, like my family kind of have participated in events like that with them. And um, interestingly enough, I actually participated in their first ever talent show that they had, like, when they started that in, like, 2000. In Galveston? Yes, in Galveston, yes. I was there. Were you there? Yes. Oh, my God, what a small world. (laughs) This is so crazy. need to bring you together. Yeah, they didn't want me to do a talent show because they were worried about the new burn survivors that maybe weren't ready to laugh. Oh, right. Oh, I I gotcha. Yeah, like, comedy on that. Mm. Yeah, so I completely get that. But yeah, that was a cool, I mean, that was, the Galveston one was really cool. And, um, that was right after we had moved out from Galveston. So I was kind of feeling nostalgic, you know? And, um, yeah, so they had the talent show thing. And that was like a really just fun thing for people to just come out and sing or do, just perform and just have fun, you know, and show that. And it's really something, just, a, it's just literally just a congregating of burn survivors. That's yeah, basically. It's like a zombie apocalypse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Like nine hundred and walking around. Fire. It's really just all of us together in one place, <laughs> and it's just like so cool because everyone just you you get to see a lot of other people like you who are trying to also live their lives despite how you know how horrible a hand they've been dealt. You know yeah. this huge obstacle. They're all overcoming this huge obstacle just like you, and it, it gives a sense of community for sure. So aside from the Burns community, the in the Phoenix Society, there's also just events that. People just you know ask me to come and speak at. There's oh, they're one of the members of the Phoenix Society. I met her. She's um, Justina Page. She has um, this Burns Gala that she holds every year, and my family and I we always attend as well. So um, she's also someone who's um, a victim of burns and uh, a survivor, and uh, and she is someone who took that and found a pl- use her platform very strongly and amazingly to um, reach other survivors and to have this events where we can all come together and look pretty and gorgeous and and you know um have people who come and speak and encourage and then have like entertainment as well and i sing for her sometimes in some of her shows so it's like this um other event of like just you know a, a burn society being a part of that and um being a part of this you know support system so aside from that there's also little things here and there where i go to speak at like churches and schools and things like that and just trying to encourage people and um, I was even I even spoke at a TED a TEDx event, which yes, was yes, I got that on your cool. posting, your TED talk. <laughs> that was really cool. So yeah, you know things like that. Yeah, I think um I think I've really had like good exposure with that kind of thing, really, which is pretty much what I want to do. You know, to inspire people with however I can. You know, with my story. So well, it inspires people who are you know new at this. You know, recently burned. You know, when they kind of think, oh, my life is over. Who's ever going to look at me? What can I ever do? And then you see a thriving community of of people. You're not survivors. You're thrivers. You know, you're getting out, living your life. You're just living it in in a different way. You know, we every yeah, single one of us has right, limitations on us, right? So it's uh, living within your limits and showing everybody how you can yep. thrive out there. I always tell, like, it's literally, like, because our lives are just, I mean, and I'm sure Robert, you can agree with this, but like, you know, it's just, it's just living it's a bunch of alternatives. You know, you find different ways to do the things mm-hmm. you want to do. It's yeah. pretty, pretty much what it is because, you know, you have your, your hand, your, your hand kind of, you know, burned and bent to this way, but you, you still want to do certain things like, you know, 
you, you find ways to like, you know, shower, to hold your hand, like hold your fork when you're eating, to, you know, walk, to stand, to tolerate different things, you, to turn your neck, like these simple things that, you know, should come naturally. They don't anymore because of what happened to you, but you, you want to do them anyway. You want to still your life. You don't want to be limited by them. So you just find alternatives to doing those same things. They might not be the way people do them normally, but it's your way. And that's pretty much what your life is for a very long time when you're recuperating is just finding that alternative that works for you. So um, I completely agree with that. Like, yeah, that's pretty much what life is. You know, you just do things. If you're living your life. You're just living it differently. It's the same as person's deaf or somebody's blind. They've just got to find a different way of seeing, a different way of hearing, so, right? So true. So yeah. true. Bobby? I got to find a different way of singing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. I'm sure the voice the is purely angelic. Is, yeah, the physical part's easy because you, you find your limitations, whether, like she was saying, turning your neck or you can't straighten your arm out. Mm-hmm. Your finger, mm-hmm. You find, you, you have to find a way. There's, no other, There's no other option. It's the exactly. mental part that I think that beats you up the most. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think it's, it's you know, you're busy on your journey kind of finding, you know, uh, okay, I can't do that, so I need to do this. Um, but as you said, it's other people's expectation of you, kind of forgetting the fact that you have these limitations and expecting you to do things. And so, you know, you it's okay for you to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And, yeah. you know, in a way that don't ask me when I've given you the answer, that's it. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> People felt bad. I had an opportunity to drive a, a, a NASCAR. A race car on the track in Dallas. Um, they had it for wow, a but it was you know eighty degrees out. You're putting a suit on. You're yes. getting this car. No way. Like, I can't do that. They're like, no. oh, you can leave it unzipped. I said, no, you don't understand. And they you kept <laughs> finding ways for me to do it. And I said, no, it's going to be too hot for me. It's Just going to be way too hot. Like, all like I'm okay, I'm okay with. But they could tell they really felt bad because they and it's a great experience, of course. Yeah. I just wasn't going to be able to do it. I was doing that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean. Like when I go skydiving, I love to mess with people because, you know, I put the hook on the left hand or arm. I guess that I don't put it on the hand. It's not there. <laughs> but I put the hook on and yeah. I'm going to jump out of an airplane and they always got the tandem jumpers that are jumping with a skydiver. Yeah. So I'll walk up and say, all right, who's jumping with me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I said, you're going 120 miles an hour with that wind burn. We'll get you. It's a. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have love, what do you have? I don't, you know, I don't care who you are or what, you know, whether you're completely whole and there's nothing wrong with you at all. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got to have a sense of humor in life and you've got to have a form of expression, you know, whether it's song, whether it's laughter, whatever your gift is, something that kind of brings you light into your life. You need that outlet for sure. That's true. Most healing thing, I mean, painting also is another thing that helps me, um, you know, any kind of... You know, I, I write, I, I'll paint, and I go to, not like i creative, I go to paint with a twist where they walk you through the paint. <laughs> you bring a bottle of wine, and then they walk you through how to paint. Yeah, another one, yes, yeah, like, there's a lot of those around, like, paint and drink wine, I love that. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Great outlets. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for Billy, for you, uh, for you, it was, you know, uh, obviously you know you were kind of the joker and the comedy was what helped you through it and, and then people said you've got to get out there and you know it's now become your platform you know it's no longer just like a healing thing to get you through it's now your sta- your statement 
um, yes. you know, your talking point. And, you know, having this my third show with you now, you know, most certainly I know that it, it, it's not something you put on because a lot of people think, oh, he's, you know, just laughing because, you know, because he's embarrassed or something. You know, it's you. You know, you are the funny guy that just has found a sense of humor out of life and wish to share that. Um, and and like with you, Keshi, the, you know, the song that comes out, you know, it is purely singing from your heart and your soul. And it's, you know, so beautiful to see you find, both of you find these these avenues that are so pure and so giving and so nurturing and so inviting. And it's, um, what would be your dreams right now to, to where it would go? So I'm going to hit you first, Bobby. And uh, Keshi, I think I know where you want to go with this, but <laughs> Bobby, we'll hit you first. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I wanted to keep going uh, with the comedy. I see that doing more. I'm starting to get more into the acting stuff. Um, oh, and the more yeah. I can be out there, and the reason I want to do all that stuff, one, because I love myself and attention. Two, <laughs> <laughs> I really want, if the more I get out there, the more Kesha gets out there, and the, and the other burn survivors or disfigured people, uh-huh. we're still showing the world. Yes. And we're helping others still be going through it. And that's, I just want to continue to serve and help others. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in my heart. I just feel like why I'm here. That mm-hmm. God's given me hurts and strength to do this. Mm-hmm. Can't let those guys down who didn't come home with me. Right, mm. right. You know, kind of living vicariously for them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, and as with you too, Keshi. So obviously mm-hmm. your dream right now with, um, you know, um, America's Got Talent is to win, right? That would be awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you've got a beautiful voice. I don't see why you can't. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. You know, I know that the next round is coming up soon. And um, mm-hmm. have you picked a song for it yet, or is that? Um, I um I can't talk about what song, but yeah. yes, I have picked a song. <laughs> Great, and yeah, uh, a wildfire tour. Um, you know, comedy and singing. We'll call it the wildfire tour. Ooh, yeah, that wow. sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> we might start California, but <laughs> and and they all soon realize the wild isn't to do with the fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um. Again, we're in a world that needs laughter, that needs healing, that needs hope. We're in a world that's confused. That's angry. That's you know um, at a crossroads in life, and you know the invitation to humanity at the present moment is is, is forget about our differences and look at what what we have in common. And what we have in common is is that faith in each other. You know, to love, to be loved, to, to count for something, to know that we're contributing to the world, and uh, you know, quite essentially, bring that love to everything that we do. And if we can get over our differences and look at those common denominators, you know, that now becomes the healing of the world. And I think it's, you know, it's people like you both that are out there showing people, stop judging people by the exterior, look to the interior. And of course, we're seeing it with our children, you know, the young children, because they're so pure and beautiful. They're teaching the adults, you know, so much. Um, How much for you, for both of you, did faith get you through? Um... I can start. Um, faith, um, wow. I mean, it's pretty much my life. It's what, it's everything for me. It's everything. My, my, like my faith and my belief in God and just being a Christian. That was something that before the accident, I just took, uh, it was just, it wasn't anything special to me. It was just, I was a Christian just because, you know, my parents were and I went to church because my mom went. I was just a regular, teenager who just saw that as just something that was like obligatory mm-hmm. so after the accident happened I was kind of um 
in this place where I completely relied on my mom's strength. She, being a really strong believer, she had a lot of faith and prayed a lot and all those things. And so I just, I was content to just, you know, kind of, you know, work through her own faith. You know, yeah. um, I didn't need to build mine up. I just needed to rely on hers. Talking to hers, yeah. Exactly. And that was what I was doing for a very long time. But over time, I realized, I came to understand that I would need way more than that to get through what I was going through. And I would need to um, understand God is not just about, you know, just this force, you know, this being to be, you know, feared and respected. He's someone who is really close to you in your heart. And, you know, you can talk to him just like you would talk to your, your father here on earth. You would just talk to him and just bare your soul to him. And I needed to understand that I had to have my own personal relationship with God, not just having something through my mom. Mm -hmm. And that was a really defining moment for me, in all honesty, because up until that moment, I had been relying on my mom, yeah, and on medication to get me through. But once I started learning what it meant to have that relationship, a lot of the and the um, healing that needed to go on on the inside started happening, things that, you know, medication cannot reach. And um, that's pretty much what I, when I realized that, I mean, I just took off with it. And Wanted to know as much as I could, learn as much as I could about how to get something deeper from him. And um, pretty much it just kind of developed into what it is now. Still growing, but um, just always relying on him first and understand that he has to come first. I always, I mean, I've developed the habit of praying, but it's not really just about praying. It's about just talking to him and just involving him. Yeah. Yes, you know, and just involving him in everything that I do, every step that I take everything in my life I don't want anything to be just random I want everything to just be these good things that I know he wants for all of us and mm-hmm. um, I want that for myself and for who I love and so I can definitely say that 100% my faith has been like a, the the all-encompassing like the general guiding thing that has been like this one stable force in my life ever since the accident for right. sure and I'm really grateful for that it's given me a lot of direction and brought me closer to understanding a lot of people and understanding myself and how to relate to other people yes. after what happened to me, you know, you know, so I just, I don't know. I'm just really grateful for it, I guess. So yeah, that's pretty much. Bobby? You know, faith for me, uh, we've had conversations before, is mm-hmm. a whole 180 <laughs> where mm-hmm. I was atheist and didn't want to believe. But after coming out of my coma and being on that giant iceberg with the stars at night and voices telling me I'm going to be okay and my family's waiting for me. I knew that's when wow. God, God was judging me. I knew at that point, you know, I hate when people say, well, if there's a God, why would he do this to you? Mm-hmm. He didn't do this to me. God yes. chose to keep me here. Yes. That's when he intervened. Yes. <laughs> you know, exactly. the this to me. This happened to my Humvee and yep. my, to myself. Mm-hmm. But then when the doctor said there's no medical explanation why I'm alive, it's because God wanted me alive because he saw exactly. this, what I can do. He saw the path that I can do. And I could still have that choice. I could still do this anytime. I still have that choice. That's yes. true. But because of God and my angels, that I keep pushing forward through all this. And I'm trying to learn to get more patient and more patient. Yes. <laughs> we all have to. I mean, yeah. You're not the only one. You're not yeah. alone. Don't worry. Everything comes in the time sent to come in. We've just got to learn to tap in, haven't we? Exactly. You know? That's Listen from the inside so out. Hard. Feel and live life from the inside out. And we'll always be guided. And, you know, every time we rush ahead, something happens to pull us back. No, That's not so time. true. Yep. Tune in, align. In the, there is a path there for you. We're with you. But it has to be when it's ready. And, exactly. uh, and, and when we kind of 
it's not giving it up to God, is it? It's in, it's um it's a partnership with God. It's Definitely, a, a you know, a complete partnership there, and that you know you're in this together. You know, and yes. it's not about oh, God and you. It, yeah. It's that you are with part of God and uh, vice versa. And it's when yes. you merge that together, that's when you know the I path that I'm agree. taking is the path I was designed to do, and exactly. I will not be let down. I will be guided yes. on my path. Yes, right. yep. exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know that inner strength we're talking about again, and that's you know again it, it, because you both have, have done that, both of you you know found that God from within. That's also what your resonance is. You know, um, you're not out there preaching; you're out there living, mm. and you're out there inspiring, and which then becomes that invitation for other people to em- embrace. Um, and it's a lot of people will kind of you know beat God and give it all up to God and abstain from any action themselves. You've got both of you a partnership where you're in it together, and mm. you're only as strong as you are together, and mm. uh, and through that your resonance, both of you, you know, comes out and precedes you, and that's what people embrace and develop from both of you. Mm. Well, thank you. So the strength of realizing we're not alone, because I'm sure there's been many a times you just, despite the family around you, where you feel I feel alone. Yeah, but, that's you know, one of the biggest keys is sharing and letting someone know they're not alone. Yes, exactly. And that there's a reason for everything, and the strength it comes from within, comes from the divine, comes from God, mm-hmm. and that it's always with you, no matter what. You mm-hmm. know, no matter what the despair is. Sometimes even that despair is a reminder to not let go, to hold on, and and yes. to to walk together. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know, I think uh, I really, you know, I'm always saying I don't care what God you pray to. Um, you know, I don't care what you call it. Because I think uh, God, no matter who, what faith it is, it should be based in love and kindness. And, yeah. it, you know, and the truth is, is your connection. So when we do that and we realize that, we learn to be kinder to ourselves and kinder to each other. And uh, in that kindness, we discover love, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. And that love gun gives you the strength to go through and do everything you need to do. You know, the good days, the bad days, the, you know, the, and, and to find that strength and that beauty of, of following your dreams and Mm. truly living them, which is beautiful. Um, so Bobby, what's for you next? What's, uh, the next chapter for you? Next, um, like I said, I I just launched a song, so we got that out there. Uh, Um, but now I'm about to do a 5K. And my plan, here's one of the stories where, my plan was to run this 5K in all 50 states, and I was just going to do it. Wow. <laughs> and then um, friends were like, no, you should not do it. Give us more time. We'll be able to build up better. We'll get better sponsors. If you have more time. Like, I'm just going to do it anyways. We do that again next year. Yeah. And they just telling me, no, Bobby, you got to do it this way. So it has now gone from 50 to right now it looks like maybe 15 to 20 states. Excellent. I'm still going to do it. But uh, wow. and then be able to do it bigger next year. Right. If I do it more patiently and and hopefully raise money for um, boot, boot campaign and retrieving freedom for the service dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, get awareness out there about Bravo 748 and get these veterans' jobs out there and inspiring mm-hmm. the world. And mm-hmm. Big difference. The thing is, it's like, you know, with your Bravo guys, it's that you know exactly what you've all been through, and that's why you're supportive with each other. And, you know, burn victims, you know exactly what each other needs, and you build a mm-hmm. community. And that community not only serves you, it serves, you know, everyone around you. Mm. And that's the thing. It's being a part of something that's bigger than you because of that understanding 
of yes. what you need. And, you know, you're able to go and do more, be more, inspire more, help more because you have been part of this. Mm. And that understanding of what is needed is there. And then that, that transcends outside of that realm to other people in that, again, in that inspiration. So, mm. Keshi, obviously for you, um, America's Got Talent, the, the next performance yes. coming up, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of, this is pretty, I had like a path that I had, that I was set out to, um, walk, you know, with my life. You know, it was purely, you know, academic and then, you know, getting into the workforce and, and I still have that, but that was pretty much all I had and I was doing that, you know, that was my road to normalcy and, you know, just being a member of society and all that. But this America's Got Talent is pretty much something that, I never would have done if not for my friend who, mm-hmm. who was the one that signed me up and you know what a good she friend. knew that I was um too I was not brave enough to take that step so she took it for me and so this is just a a path that completely forged separate path um yes. that I find myself walking on and and um, music is something I've always loved but I never dreamed that this level of anything would ever happen with regards to my music. I just thought it was something like my hobby. I just love doing right. it because it makes me happy. I never allowed myself to dream that I would have this opportunity to be singing for the like America like this. So for the world, I never, for the world. <laughs> I never thought it would get to this point ever. You know, I mean, I still sit down and my mom was just wondering, like, how do we even get here? Like, how is this our reality? <laughs> I don't. So I am just gonna take this as just. This is a classic example of when God just takes over and yes. just wants, because you really can't stop what he wants for your life. He's going to make, get it done and, you know, make his imprint no matter what, um, you decide. And that's pretty much what I think is happening now. So I just want to go as far as I can take it with, with, um, America's Got Talent and just with singing. And it's definitely opening up a whole bunch of new opportunities in my eyes, you know, forcing yeah. me to kind of think of music as a possible career. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's something I've never thought about before, but it's something that I would, definitely love to explore so pretty much just going with the flow and just i just want to like i always try to do give my best in everything i'll do the same thing here and see how far it can take me you know and so far you know i'm already really grateful i'm already here like i'm grateful i just to get past that first round is already an accomplishment i'm just i'm already so happy for the platform because what i want to do and what i've always kind of love to do and it wasn't something that I, I set out to do like you know oh this is my calling it just kind of happened to be that and I look back this seemed to be something that gave me joy is to inspire people to believe more in themselves and to not underestimate what they can do and their yeah. strength like Robert talked about how um something I really agree with that he said in the beginning you know that you know you People always wonder, like, how he's trying to get through it. And he's like, you never know you, that he didn't know the, how strong he was, you know, until yeah. this happened to him. And that's the truth. That's what people don't realize. I'm, neither of us are special here. You know, it's, we're human beings that just end up having this major obstacle, you know, and then, but somehow we're able to overcome because we realize that we had that inner strength. We just had to fight inside to get it out to overcome this. And people don't understand that that's pretty much what everyone has inside them. Yes. So they just don't have to go through something as drastic as what we went through to discover it. And I really feel like that's something that, that's a message I would love people to know and understand. And so this, I feel like America's Town has given me a bigger platform to share that exact message. And so that's pretty much what I would love to do as much as I can, as, as far as I can, you know, get, get people have more faith in themselves and, and what they can do, what they can overcome. And I feel like when they do that, the world is literally their oyster. They can, 
achieve way more than they ever thought they could. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty much what my platform, I feel like I should use it for. And I'm going to do my best. I don't know how far I'm going to get in the show, but I'm already grateful. So Right. And the thing is, you, you said a key word, you know, your joy. You're sharing your joy. You know, and, and, you know, you're doing the same, Bobby. You know, you're, you're getting out there and sharing your joy. That's what people pick up on. Yeah. That's what people feel. You know, we are in a time where people need to feel joy because yes. they're bombarded with misery all the time. They need to That's see true. hope. They need to see that if she's got the strength, I've got the strength. If he's got the strength, I've got the strength. It's within so me. Where's yes. my joy? Am I honoring my purpose, my calling in life? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just pushes people to kind of look at themselves and go, okay, what's my excuse? Why can't I step up? Mm. You know, find your inner joy, which is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this has been a pure delight. I love having you both on. You are such an inspiration. As I said, I refer to you both a great deal in many shows. If your tears <laughs> are ever burning, you know why. Um, you know, it's, it's an honor to, to have both of you on uh, again, most certainly. But uh, would you let people know now how they can get hold of you? So, Bobby, your site and how people can reach you, and then Keshi. <laughs> Yeah, okay. bravo748.com. Go on there. You can find me and all my other speakers and, of course, all social media. I'm out there, Bobby Henline, oh. one and only well-done comedian. <laughs> <laughs> bravo, well done. <laughs> Keshi? Uh, you can pretty much reach me on social media. I don't have a website yet, um, but I am on um, very active on like Facebook, Instagram, um, Snapchat, wherever and um twitter and um just you find me there catchy just type in catchy and i'm probably going to be the first one you find so would you spell your name love so they understand yes k-e-c-h-i catchy your name is kind of catchy yes (laughs) (laughs) it's not a nickel (laughs) it's catching on (laughs) well it's been a pure delight having you both on here again as i said such inspiration um you know um it's uh every time you kind of have a bad day and think oh you know i can't overcome and then you know there's the two of you and you go yeah if they can i can but it's not just that it's the fact that you do live life in a thriving way um, that love of life, that joy of life, that, that meaningful purpose that you've both stepped into is what everybody needs to step into into life. And, you know, it's you are that beautiful resonance, that lovely beacon of light, and I love you both very much. So thank, thank you, you for so being much, back Sarah. here on air. It was so again. great to meet you, Robert, by the way. This is truly, truly, truly a pleasure. <laughs> well, you guys have got to meet in person. So yeah. Yeah. we're obviously going to be yeah, at an event together. Right? Dallas, right? Wait for each other, yeah. Yes. She's in Houston. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you both so much for being here, and uh, and uh, I really love you both down here with me, and I love and adore both of you. You're such an example, and uh, you're such beautiful people, and so it's great to have you here. And thank you for having us, Sarah. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And to um, everybody else, remember, you you are much stronger than you think you are. You have much more courage in you than you ever thought was there. And your meaningful purpose is calling you in life. And when you step into it, you truly understand why you're here and what you're here for. So don't be afraid to step out and take that journey, no matter what your challenges or obstacles are. So until And don't forget to check that battery in your smoke detector. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a good point. Let's well, be practical. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Simple motive. Okay, folks. So until next time, bye for now.